0: This episode of Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Take control of your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. Visit nationalcar.com to find out more.
1: Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We have got a lot. Popping around here. <laughs> <laughs> we had Facebook's F8 conference today. There's a lot to talk about. Virtual reality, Oculus, Apple just reported earnings. Yep. T-Mobile is acquiring Sprint. We'll see if they, if they get allowed to. Absolutely. We're going to talk about all of it this week on Geared Up. First off, a big thanks to National Car Rental for sponsoring the show. Yes. Every week we're going to have the National Car Rental Story of the Week coming up. Let's jump into it, though, Andrew. F8 is mm-hmm. Facebook's big developer conference. Right. Obviously, Facebook has been in the news for things other than its devices Correct. lately. But there was some interesting announcements, not entirely surprises, but news from Oculus, which is yeah. Facebook's virtual reality company. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this device that they said is now going to be available. Yeah. So
0: Facebook announced a bunch of stuff today. Um the one thing that kind of applies to our show here on Geared Up is Tech Gadgets, and they announced the Oculus Go, which they actually announced in the past, but the Oculus Go um, was announced as being made available today. So from the stage, Mark Zuckerberg basically said, hey, the Oculus Go is
1: available now. Go buy it. So it is in a 32-gigabyte version that will cost $199. Yes. A 64-gigabyte version will cost $249. So you get a sense for the scale, mm-hmm. but let's explain what this thing is yeah. and why it actually matters. First off, for context, the Oculus Rift, which mm-hmm. is the primary device that has been released by this company so far, it tethers to a very high-end computer. Correct. So you need a gaming machine Yes. and you are connected to that gaming machine from your virtual reality headset. Plugged in. By a cord. Yeah.
0: And the reason for that is uh, the headset doesn't have all the power and can't fit all the power, even if it could. it would be wearing a super heavy um, headset on your head, which no one wants to do. So you need, in order to get the the best quality that you can in these VR games, um, you need something to do the heavy lifting, and that would be a powerful computer.
1: So what does the Oculus Go do? Because it's wireless, right? Yes. It's not connected not tethered. to a computer. How does it work?
0: So the thing with the Oculus Go is that if you've seen the Samsung Gear VR, what that is, it is a, a headset where you take your Samsung Galaxy phone, you plug it in, and the phone acts as the display. So the headset basically just kind of holds the phone in place, and the phone acts as a display. But you need to buy a headset, and you need to have an expensive smartphone that can run all these VR apps. They're not anywhere near what you would get in quality as you would using the actual Oculus Rift connected to a gaming PC, but it's still, you know, it's it's VR on the go. The Oculus Go is the same concept, but you don't need a smartphone. It's all-encompassing. So the display is built in to the device, and it has Wi-Fi built in, so that's how you connect and download the apps and everything like that. So it's basically, if you can th- if you think about it, it is the Gear VR that Samsung offers with a Galaxy phone, just you don't need a phone. It's just all built into
1: the device. So it essentially does that. Is it better or worse than you would get with a smartphone? To I have... think it's similar. Yeah. I
0: think it's a similar experience. Um, actually, it's, I would say as far as the VR goes, it's a similar experience. But the experience overall, I've always found it kind of cumbersome and annoying to have to hook my phone in and snap it in and then put the cover on and then snap unhook the phone with
1: this you just put it on turn it on you're done well that is actually easy the whole idea of snapping a phone in compared to being tethered to a pc we have a vr arcade around the corner from us and Mm. i've gone there with my daughter and half the time we spent sort of untangling (laughs) the the cord that basically went up to the ceiling and then yeah. down to the computer so i and in both ways and that's
0: a more uh clever solution because most people don't have the cord hooked to the ceiling right,
1: right. this was a professional place yes. it's actually a pretty cool place to check out my daughter keeps wanting to go back there which i don't feel comfortable with at seven years old i remember <laughs> when we left she was a little disoriented but that's oh, a that's whole fun. other story she's very into vr she really likes doing the google cardboard on the iphone oh, yeah, yeah. with uh, uh i use what's called a vr box that's mm-hmm. my favorite cheap third-party smartphone Okay. VR headset. But if you could have it just all self-contained like this yes. with the Oculus Go for 200 dollars to start with, this to me it's is not bad. very appealing. Absolutely. So I like the fact that it's not tethered. What I've never
0: been able to convince myself to do is to actually take it with me, though. Like, like would on you a trip? E- yeah. Or? Like on a, like, would you ever go on a plane trip? Let's say you were flying from here to Pittsburgh with the oculus go just put that on and just start watching a movie or playing some games and not just to wear that pittsburgh but maybe to i don't know
1: hawaii <laughs> <laughs> you're getting under my skin there <laughs> um no I, I i think you're i think you're touching on something really So where else would there. you so
0: where else like it but, it makes it seem like it's it's good for around the house so you're not having to stay tethered to the computer or the computer room but i think the idea is really that you can like they say, you can just take this with you anywhere. But where are people, like, are you taking it to school? Like, you're not taking it to school. Like,
1: yeah, it, it is still a bit of a novelty and something that you would tend to use, almost like you would use a home game game console back yeah. in the day before the Switch when things weren't portable. I, I think it's definitely, to me, more of a stationary experience. That said, the ability to not be tethered is is pretty cool. Yeah, The design looks great. You don't have to have separate. Uh, her- headphones right so to be able to listen it's all built in built in um, it seems very breathable I, you know i have not obviously tried it yet but we want to try it out and and i think it's looking pretty cool now you've tried vr though a lot so okay a lot so both the oculus rift and the htc vive yeah i assume yeah so uh, background here a couple years ago at penny arcade expo I went on a mission to try every possible VR game I possibly could. Wow! So I spent basically the four days, if it didn't have VR in the booth, I did not go there. That okay. was kind of my gimmick for okay. the show. And in the process, I tried basically every headset that was available, every gadget, the thing where you walk and it oh, tracks your yeah, yeah, yeah. like, wow. maybe it Actually, it was last year that I did this. So it okay. was some, some of
0: it was pretty state-of-the-art. So you came out of there with an opinion of VR that was what?
1: Were you, were you like blown away by anything? Uh, as I recall, I, I was just mostly disoriented <laughs> after being that okay. immersed in some other reality for, for that long, but I, you were immersed. I you was, I was, immersion. yes. I got to tell you the best thing was the South park. Oh, I'm not done this one. Oh man. I think they called it the noculus rift. Okay. So <laughs> uh, I don't know if this will make it onto the radio, but when Cartman, is that how you say yes. his name? Passed gas. He's acting
0: like he doesn't watch the show, but go ahead.
1: You, you, <laughs> you smell it. Really? What? They like concocted this sulfur (laughs) that and it was one of the worst things I've ever smelled. But literally you strapped this sort of virtual smell thing under your under your nose, if I'm remembering correctly. It was not pleasant. At any rate, weird. I went to great lengths to experience the world of virtual reality and that was just one example. I think it's cool. I think it's certainly generation one right now and I think it'll be interesting to see where Apple and others take it. Right. But the first step to me is with things like the Oculus Go and I know HTC is going to have its own wireless thing. To me, the ability to separate yourself from the computer and to be able to essentially... Go be on the go, cheap, uh, without a smartphone, I think is critical.
0: Right, I think we're in the the in-between phase right now because I agree that wireless, it has to be wireless for people to kind of jump on board, but it also has to be powerful because you don't want the subpar experience that currently, if it's wireless, it's not gonna be powerful enough to do a lot of things that the wired version will do. That might always be the case, but you know, when you look at something like the Nintendo Switch today, all the games it can play on the go—that's much different than you know, even three years ago with what a mobile console would be able to do and the type of graphics you'd get. So, so this is available now. How would you recommend getting it? Just going to the store and picking it up? Yeah, I believe it's in Best Buy locations. You can order it. I think on Amazon as well. You can order it from the Oculus website as well. So, um, are are you? You know, yeah. i like to ask this. Are you going to be getting one of these? I, I think
1: so, actually. You're going to get one. i at this, yeah. You're going to get I, one. I was actually about ready to hit buy on oh, the uh, computer screen. So here's the thing. Does it come with the controller included, or yes. do you have to pay
0: it? I believe the controller Tr- comes with it, because that's how you actually control things.
1: Yeah, it says more than 1,000 VR games, social apps, 360-degree experiences. See, this is what I need. I go on my iPhone right now, and I'm basically going into the app store and mm-hmm. saying, uh, cool VR apps for kids you know that's like that's, how your search. I'm doing that's my search you know the Google Cardboard <laughs> app is okay but you really with the headset I've been using it doesn't really do the controls that yeah. you need for the cardboard like in the upper right, left right. where you or the I forget which side it is but you don't have the hardware controls to control the phone it, to me I need something like this and for 200 bucks that's pretty good that's, no that's not bad 200 bucks is
0: not bad um have you or do you have opinions on obviously you haven't used this but the VR you have used versus the AR apps and games that have been available on the iPhone since you know yeah. roughly September.
1: Yeah, I I have not played a lot of those. I've played a little bit of Pokemon Go, and so I have a, a general sense, and I've seen demos of the, the iPhone AR games where you can essentially like shoot things on your table yeah. and that sort of thing. Right. It places the game on top of the real world. I've played a lot, or enough, of the Microsoft HoloLens to get mm-hmm. a sense for what that's like. To me- Which one is the future? I, oh, AR is augmented reality, augmenting the world around you to AR, me is the future. And so the mixed reality is the HoloLens, right? Yeah. Is it, mixed reality to me is a form of augmented okay, reality okay. because it's blending the, the real world and the physical yeah. world. To me, virtual reality is cool. And I think you're going to see a lot of applications of it. But ultimately, the real power for me, is in overlaying and augmenting the digital world. Yeah. Or the physical world with digital objects.
0: I think I agree with you. And the other thing with VR, again, it's cool. I don't know that I've liked the mobile versions, again, because they're not as powerful. But if I've used the Oculus Rift or the HTC Vive, there have been some really impressive things. But it's almost always a, a personal experience. Right. Like, you're the one person in the room who can experience this, and everyone else is waiting for their turn. Versus something with AR, you can
1: all be looking at the crazy fake thing on the table through your devices. So here's another cool thing. Prescription lens inserts, I say, as I'm sitting here with my glasses. Oh, yeah. Oculus Go is designed to be worn comfortably with or without glasses, but you can choose to purchase compatible Virtue Clear prescription lenses from FramesDirect.com that easily insert into the headset. That, to me, is cool because You know, I'm a Warby Parker fan, and so I'm used to actually ordering prescriptions online, prescription glasses online for pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would be a a cool option. It looks like it's roughly 80 bucks to get the lenses. You actually put the lenses in to the VR. I think they click in. I will say, though, I've found with things like the Oculus Rift, less so with the HTC Vive, but with some of the Google Cardboard headsets, I can still wear my glasses. So it's not really that much of an issue. Okay, so that is the news from Oculus. Yes. Hot off the presses. Coming up next, we are going to be talking about the mega merger. This is a big one. That's going to be hitting the wireless industry, potentially, if it gets approved. We'll tell you all about it. Coming up next on Geared Up. A big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring this week's episode of Geared Up. Hey Road Warriors, the latest tech puts me in the
0: driver's seat every time I travel. Control your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald
1: Club. You can bypass the counter and choose any car on the aisle so you have more time to listen to Geared Up to find out what's going on in the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. Go national, go like a pro. Check them out at nationalcar.com. Subject to availability and other restrictions requires enrollment in the complimentary Emerald Club. club welcome back to geared up it is time for the national car rental story of the week this is a big one
0: geared up is brought to you by national car rental go national go like a pro i also do a show with national car rental called technically speaking where i bring you all the latest and
1: best gadgets and gear for travel that's right. You can find Andrew's show, technically speaking, on the nationalcar.com control center mm-hmm. or youtube.com slash nationalcarrent.
0: Yes. So the latest tech puts you in the driver's seat of your travel experience. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there.
1: All right. The national car rental story of the week is T Mobile and Sprint are merging or at least trying, to, trying merge. to merge. This is a huge deal in the U.S. wireless industry. The number three and number four players behind AT&T and Verizon want to get together and create a combined company that together would potentially be more of a rival to those larger players. Why does this drop on a Sunday? I don't know. I don't know. I was sitting there this past Sunday, and I don't know why they chose Sunday to announce it. Do you have any theories? Well, no,
0: because I would think Sunday is a day where you're not going to get all the attention, and I would assume you want as much attention as possible on this news, well, right?
1: true, but there's no other news happening, so you got you got the stage to yourself. True, but is anybody paying attention? And I guess a lot of people, lot of people were people because are.
0: there were a lot of people, um, very curious. So they've tried to do this a few times in the past, right?
1: That's right. So SoftBank and Deutsche Telekom are the parent companies of Sprint and T-Mobile, respectively, and there have been all this back and forth over the years when they first tried to do this back in 2014. Okay, it was. Going to be blocked by the FCC under the Obama administration, so that was the big hurdle there. More recently, when they've talked been in merger talks, the question was who would ultimately be in control: Sprint or T-Mobile. And over that time period, T-Mobile kept adding more and more subscribers. The uncarrier strategy under John Ledger, the CEO, kept doing better and better, and so it became abundantly clear that T-Mobile was the stronger of the the two companies. Yeah, I mean, if you talk, I mean,
0: if you. I think if you compare all four of the major players, only one of them is seen as the cool one, right? And that would be T-Mobile. So who would think Sprint is cool? I'm sure some people do. Nobody. Some people do. The people who do the, what was it, the push to talk? That was that was Sprint's only thing back in the day. <laughs> the push to talk. Other than that, Sprint. the Sprint brand can go away. You don't want to lose a T-Mobile brand is what I'm saying.
1: Well, and that's the thing. So John Ledger's going to be running the company. The company is going to be called T-Mobile. Now, T-Mobile has actually kept the Metro PCS brand. Mm-hmm. So I actually think one question that I have not seen answered is whether the actual Sprint brand will remain under the umbrella of T-Mobile, the company. Have you seen that answer, yet? I have not
0: seen that, but I, they, they've said multiple times the combined company will be
1: called T-Mobile, so I don't know why you would then maintain Sprint. Well, it, it's possible, and they've done it before, so that that may be a, a question to look into to me, the big question here is, what does this mean in three, four, five years? And the answer that T-Mobile says is 5G. This yes. really paves the way for T-Mobile to be a viable competitor in the world of 5G. So mm-hmm. let's take a step back. Yes. Because 5G, I I actually don't even fully comprehend what That's that the means or, or when it's coming. So right now, mm-hmm. we have 4G LTE Correct. on our phones. 5G essentially is faster and more robust, is that by correct? By
0: a magnitude, yes, Wait. by an order of magnitude, exponentially, hundred times.
1: What I've heard is it's comparable to having a wired connection in your home, yeah. Except wireless, remote, and potentially faster than that.
0: So the thing, so if you think about, remember 3G. I don't even know if you remember 3G because it's been a decade.
1: I occasionally but... feel like I get 3G on my <laughs> T-Mobile phone in some rural parts of Depends
0: the country. Depends where you
1: are. At any rate, um, carry on. So,
0: 3G was when you had like a Windows mobile phone, and it was cool because maybe you could check an email or you know, maybe you could you couldn't you could not download a song. Like you had mobility, but there wasn't a lot you could do because three g's still wasn't you know, even loading a web page would take a minute or two. Um so imagine remember when three g went to four g and all of a sudden you had apps and streaming. Like we can go outside right now and stream Netflix. You couldn't do it on 3G. We can download apps. We can download music. We can stream music. Everything streams now. All of pretty much everything we do is thanks to 4G. So that's a huge shift if you think about what mobile devices were and what we can do with them today. Um, Obviously taking Wi-Fi out of the equation because you can do all that stuff if you're on Wi-Fi. But if you're just out and about, 4G is what enabled the the true mobile revolution that we've had, cars have Wi-Fi built into them now, all sorts of stuff. So now imagine going from that to having a portable device in your hand that can reach speeds of you know one gigabit or ten gigabit in in speed. Everything's instant. But it's not just about it's not just about these devices we hold in our hands, you know, because we're talking about not just personal but business. Imagine you're a farmer or whatever, and you have all this equipment across your vast farm. Everything can talk to each other now. So one part of your farm senses rains coming in, and this other part, you know, a mile away, hasn't hit the rain yet, but this part knows, oh, we have to protect these crops from the rain, so now we'll close this because that says it's raining. And so 5G is going to just open up so much potential for data to become not something we're waiting on and just things can take action on their own without us having to, you know, see here's a push notification that it's raining okay, hey Siri close this, like we can take ourselves out of it and
1: devices will really start talking to each other. So it's artificial intelligence, the internet of things. It sounds like 5G is ultimately the enabler to all these things right in your view. And T-Mobile is making the contention, it's very interesting how they're positioning this because they want to get this deal approved by regulators. Right. They are really saying, okay, the U.S. needs to be competitive in 5G right now. Other yep. countries, including China, are poised to <laughs> beat us to the 5G milestone, and they're also talking about the fact that the Republican tax breaks and the Trump-led tax breaks, as they called them, are part of what's enabling this deal with Sprint financially mm-hmm. because they're able to use some of the tax breaks to to fund the the ah, the, the combination that they're doing. They are really trying to position themselves to get approval. I mean, to, to put too fine a point on it, they're, they're sucking up to the Trump administration yeah. to try and get them to approve this deal. I think there's a real question about whether it will get approved. I think they have a much better shot now than they did in the past. Here's my ultimate question for you, Andrew. As a consumer, as somebody going out there and having the option to go with Verizon, at and or T-Mobile, or Sprint today, yeah. would you rather have two feisty underdogs in T-Mobile and Sprint going up against AT&T and Verizon as the the big dogs, or would you rather have an almost equal T-Mobile as a third player, no Sprint going up against AT&T and Verizon? Me personally, I think
0: you have two huge players, and then you have two, for lack of a better term, fledgling players who at some points in the past have been on the verge of death. Sprint seems like, you know, if Sprint dies, T-Mobile has no, has no chance. Yeah. There's, there's like two battles going on. There's like the two and then there's the two. I think it makes much better sense in this instance. And I wouldn't normally say this, that we need less companies for, to increase competition. But I think in this instance, the combined forces of Sprint and T-Mobile, which would then make it of similar size to Verizon and AT&T could lead to better competition um rather than worse i wonder what that competition looks like though because a lot of what t-mobile has done recently is specifically because of its size to try to increase its size and
1: i don't know that they would do that if they were the same size as the others i think that's possible i think it's notable though that john ledger is going to be leading this company because i think that guy's got a chip on his shoulder no matter how big he is right and i think what will end up happening is you've already seen this start to happen They've gone after AT and T and Verizon, and, and in a lot of ways, they've succeeded in at least becoming the company that shapes the wireless yeah. industry. Doesn't they don't lead it, True. But, but they do the things, and then everybody else follows them. Yeah. I think what'll happen is then he'll start going after Comcast and Charter, in which other words, they did allude to, they, which they already are because they're coming out with this new TV service this yes. year, and based on the the acquisition that they did last year, I. I, I and I recognize that you can't pin all of the the promise of the deal on the the leader of the company. But that said, I, I they've got some they've got some toot, man. Mm-hmm. They they are ready to take people on, and uh, really, uh, you can see it in in John Ledger and his approach. Right,
0: right. And I I think you know, five G is a bigger story here. Um, all these companies, as they mentioned, I forget the three. Did you you watched the video, I assume there was three pillars they said there was wireless, there was broadband, and was it was video the third one? I don't even remember what it was, but All these other companies have these three components and they're saying we can deliver this better, especially if we have, you know, if we can help create and and put out 5G early. Yep. that makes it you know, that that gives you the broadband that makes video seamless. They basically want Internet access to be like electricity. You just turn the light on and it's on. You don't turn the light on and then wait for it to connect. And, you know, eventually it gets a signal and comes on. Um, that's what 5g is going to be. And so I like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players. Obviously these are the providers. You have Qualcomm really talking about creating the tech that goes into the cell towers and everything to make 5g work and the chips that go into the phones to make 5g accessible to everybody. So I think it's going to be, I mean, it's exciting to me, like 5g
1: where connection status is no longer a thing. You're just, everything's instant. So that is the combination of T-Mobile and Sprint announced this past weekend. It's going to create a company with about 125 million wireless subscribers in the U.S. That's roughly Mm. where they are. It's just a a little bit still below AT&T and Verizon. Now, for the time being, T-Mobile and Sprint are operating independently still while the deal is pending and while regulators are looking at it. How long does this take? Do you know? Yes, if all goes as planned, they say that this would close no later than the first half of 2019. Okay, so we've essentially got uh, about a year or a little bit less. So, when you say close, does that mean everything's everything's done? done? Everything when when the way acquisitions work is they announce the agreement and then they go through the approvals, they get everything done, and then basically they they complete the deal or they close the deal. Okay, all right. So that is T-Mobile and Sprint. We will be right back with a look. at... Hot off the presses at Apple's earnings. You're listening to Geared Up on GeekWire. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We have just been pouring over Apple's financials for its second quarter. Just came out. It's March quarter. And there's some interesting trends in the iPhone sales. Let's take a step back and look at some of the rumors that have been coming out over the past few weeks. There have been discussions of Apple cutting the production, mm-hmm. the total number of devices of iPhone tens yes. that it produces, which I think plays into this larger narrative that the iPhone ten has not been as successful yeah. as people would have expected. But you look at these results, Apple sold 52.2 million iPhones, and they right. say the biggest selling of those iPhones was the iPhone ten. Correct. So what's going on here, Andrew? Um, I think there's a few ways to look at this.
0: Number one... The iPhone 10 is the best-selling iPhone every week since its release. That's a fact Apple stated. But Apple released three new phones instead of two. So if one more than one-third is, makes it the best, it would still be selling worse than 50% or 51 You know what I mean? So I'm not only, that, actually. If there's only two phones released in 51-49, let's just say the 8 Plus is selling 51% and the 8 is selling 49%, if there's three, you only need to sell 34%. to be, it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it could still be selling less than last year's best-selling phone, but there's three phones now. They're slicing so, up the market exactly. among more
1: phones, so you're going to have less market share relative to each yes. other. So it might not be as popular as past flagship Correct. iPhones. That said, it seems like overall th- this device yeah. is doing well. In other words, I bet every
0: other phone company wishes it had a phone that sold as well as the "Quote unquote flop
1: iPhone 10. So overall, the company beat earnings expectations with sixty one billion in revenue, and shares wow. are up four percent. So the stock market is reacting positively that's to this. That's that's ridiculous. Um, Fifty two point two million
0: phones a quarter is three months. Like they're selling over two hundred million phones in a year. So I don't see. Where the worry or problem is, people have been saying, um, Samsung released uh, some a part of its earnings or or statement the other day that its earnings wouldn't be what they were expected to be due to lower sales on OLED screens. Yes, right. Right. Now the iPhone X has an OLED display in it, which Apple buys from Samsung, but so do all the Samsung phones. So that could also just imply that Samsung's own phones are not selling as well, but everyone took it to mean, oh look, Apple's
1: phones are not selling that well. Right. I don't know. So you're still convinced that the iPhone has some some growth in it, it has a future in it, that they're and especially the iPhone 10, I not... mean I'm
0: just looking at these numbers. Like yeah. if you look at
1: the all the all the facts are in the numbers.
0: Like everybody speculates when they see, okay, they're they're lowering production, which Apple does after every holiday quarter, they lower production on the latest phone every time. That's it's just clockwork but every time people are saying oh look they're they're lowering that must mean it's not selling well like we all this stuff is speculation but then when the numbers come out the numbers are the facts so when you go by the numbers it appears that people still want to buy an iphone it's just in my opinion you know like my wife she she had an iphone 10 for about a week she didn't want it she wanted an eight plus she wanted the home button Mm -hmm. she wanted the interface that she was used to And that's why Apple did this. They were like, okay, here we're introducing our new vision for iOS with the 10. Everyone's going to be able to see this new vision for at least a year. If you want the old way, we're giving you that too. But at least you know there's something new coming. Um, And I think that's it. Like some people like the home button. Some people don't. Some people want the
1: latest and greatest. Some people don't. That's just it. Here's another interesting thing that I just spotted. So if you go down to the year-over-year change yeah. in iPhone sales units, in other words, the total number of units okay. sold is up three percent. Revenue. Guess what? Would you guess revenue is? I'm going to block my screen. Okay. So they sold three percent more devices. Three percent more devices. How much more money did they make on the top line? Okay. Revenue?
0: Okay. I'm doing the. What I'm thinking about in my head is that. The eight and eight plus are fifty dollars more per unit this year than the sevens were, but the ten is three you know it was three hundred dollars yeah. more. So if the what was the what was the old number?
1: Well, it was three percent. Well they the, Okay, the, yeah. Three percent.
0: I would say the units. I would say there was an increase by six <laughs> percent.
1: Not even close. Fourteen percent increase in revenue what? on the iPhone line. They went from last quarter, a year ago's quarter, about thirty-three point two billion in revenue to about thirty-eight billion in revenue this time. So, so what does that tell you then? So they're clearly selling a ton of yes, iPhone tens. Yes, that is exactly yes. what that means. So. Because
0: uh, yeah, I was being you know I was saying okay, if the iPhone ten is the you know thirty-five percent and the, you know with the other two, yeah, there would be a marginal increase and there should be an increase. I don't know. This says to me that there's no problem.
1: To me, the bigger question is, can Apple come up with the next game-changing invention? And I think potentially AR, VR is it, Mm -hmm. but it'll be interesting to see right now they're basically living off of the fumes of the businesses that were built in the Steve Jobs era. And right. the question is, can they create the new businesses that will ensure their, their future? And so that's, that's the big question. All right. So that is a quick rundown of Apple earnings, including some live analysis yes. of the percentage changes in revenue and unit sales. How often do you get that? Never.
0: Never with us. It's the first time.
1: (laughs) All right. So that is Geared Up for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Don't forget, by the way, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the dedicated Geared Up feed if you want to continue getting the show long term. That's right. We'll talk to you next week on Geared Up. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to Geared Up, the
1: weekly tech and gadget podcast. Check out more of Andrew's reviews at youtube.com slash gear live and follow all of our coverage at geekwire.com.